0: Sportball. Indeed. Welcome back to Just in the Nick of Time, the first reaction episode of Season 2. And we sure played a football game, the Nebraska boys did. They were there. They were on TV. They did the darn thing. And lost 52-17. Pretty close to what I predicted. Yet somehow better than I expected, question mark. It's hard to, like, look at anything as a positive when you only score three points in the second half and let Ohio State run off 28 unanswered, but there, there were things I saw that I did not expect to see. Even in the blowout, blowout half, I saw some, like, slight improvements. Granted, the uh, negatives were very big and were why the score was what it was, I still saw – I saw some stuff I liked out there. That's what's kind of keeping me off the ledge, so to speak, that while I saw what I expected to see,
1: there were also stuff I didn't
0: expect to see that I saw.
1: Eloquent. Beautiful. Um, yeah, it's difficult. It's really hard to pull conclusions from this game. We've now got a sample size of one, which is better than our sample size of none from a week ago. But still, I don't think enough to tell us like like most of the key things we need to know. There are some some glaring truths, um, both positive and negative. Let's let's start with the positive. Let's just work through all the Kool-Aid we can drink here and then come back down to earth. I like this Luke and Adrian tag team thing. And I don't see why it can't keep working.
0: I, I I do like how we sort of used them a lot in the first half. I like love the Luke at running back formation a lot. But um, neither Luke nor Adrian shined the other, and that's saying something because neither of them played particularly well. I agree that like I did like some of the promise shown with this two quarterback offense them out in the middle of a drive you know that keeps the defense on their toes and you know, that opens up the whole playbook seeing that luke's one of our best running backs as well as a quarterback option what i saw from both of them when they drop back to pass you know neither of them look like they know what to do in the pocket he still doesn't look like he knows what he wants to do back there you know if there's nothing open pocket get and run immediately or roll out Try to throw it to the sideline. Instead, you know, you just run around in the backfield for a bit and fall over near the line of scrimmage. It's not very fun to see. And that's what's keeping me, you know, cautious with the way this quarterback thing works. Is that yeah? Well, they're very even. There's a lot of stuff you can do with both of them. When you need a quarterback to really do what a quarterback does, I didn't see that we had a quarterback who could do that.
1: Right. And so, what I'm saying is, I think we thought this going in. Like, I think definitely the conversations you and I have had have been like, I'm not sure either of them is going to be totally ready to quarterback this team.
0: But the thing is, we were playing Ohio State week one. Like, last year, Adrian, he obviously struggled against Ohio State. He also struggled against Purdue and against South Alabama. So, we get to the Northwestern game, and he's. Bill looks like he did against Ohio State, then I think you know there's no question about it. He's not the guy who's going to take us to the next level. There's a chance that you know it's just that Ohio State's got nine future NFL guys back there on defense, you know, and combined with the first game after a huge pandemic off season, you know, could be why he looked as bad as he did, not to mention I'm not sure. Adrian or Luke, have any receivers were thrown to at this point. All offseason, we heard about these new freshmen, these like redshirt freshmen, sophomores who are going to come in. They're going to do so much for the offense. And we saw like none of them do anything against Ohio State. Wandale is back. He had a few catches. Tight ends got some action in the game. None of these wide receivers like Nance Fleming. Houston, that's Alante uh, Brown, had one catch between the five of them. We were playing a sophomore walk-on from O'Neal over them at large points in that game, a guy who I have, haven't even heard of, a guy who got a false start on our first drive of the game. They just kept in there over these, like, camp phenoms. And that's one of the, my biggest concerns about this game is that we just – don't look like we have eight full wide receivers. There aren't – there isn't a deep threat on this roster.
1: Yeah, I mean, could there be some sort of, like, galaxy brain reason we didn't play them?
0: Unless it's like the – we want to save them for later in the year. We don't want to give opponents film on these guys. But that would make no sense to do against Ohio State because you want to – as good of a fight as you can against Ohio State. If we did that against Ohio State, our mentality going into it was, know this is going to be a blowout. Let's not give away too much of our game plan. Then I'm not okay with having these people in charge as coach. If you have, you need to believe you can win this game. We were tied at 14-14. If you're at that point and you're still like, We're still going to get killed. Let's not at least throw these guys out here. Let's not take control of this game. Let's not try to find a way to win it.
1: What are you even doing? Have we gotten any answers after the game, after the fact? Why didn't these guys play? Because I'm sure the question's been asked.
0: Nothing that I saw. Knowing Frost was probably just some basic coach speak of, but the guys we played, had a really good week in practice. We liked, we liked the formations we were using. That didn't have them in it. You know, um, dude,
1: you came in saying there are positives to take away and I haven't heard. I mean, you're ready to be grouchy and I'm, I'm here for it because normally I'm the grouchy guy. I have, I have some ready- more positives. No, 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 no. Let's stay in this realm because I think it's the more, like, it is so Nebraska fan to sit down after getting these get kicked out of you and be like, what are silver linings here? It's like, maybe there aren't as many as we want there to be. I don't feel that – like, I feel good about a few things, but really bad about a lot of things. The penalties. I've seen high school teams that don't do this shit, right? Why is this a problem year after year after year? And you could chalk it up to inexperience in the past, but as we talked about on our preview episode, this stuff, like these guys, shouldn't still be doing this stuff. They're juniors and seniors, a lot of them. What the hell?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's concerning to me, the penalties, for a number of reasons. Number one, um... We'll not get into this area too much, but for like four calls, I, there were four calls in that game that I disagreed with a lot. But we also did ourselves no favors by putting us, ourselves in the position to make those calls. There was like a face mask on the punt return before the half, where Ohio State's guy was holding our guy, and our guy like grabbed on his face mask to get him away. And I'm like, no, just let, let him hold you. If the ref sees it, the penalty's going to be on them. If the ref doesn't throw it, at least you didn't get flagged for doing something stupid. And then Deontay Williams' targeting call, Well, I disagree with it, um, I don't think it's on the rules it should have been targeting, he did not have to make that hit. He was already being dragged to the ground. If he just doesn't hit the player on that play, the result of the play doesn't change at all. Like he was clearly going to the ground being tackled, which was rare because Our guys still don't look like they know how to tackle properly. I see a lot of just jumping into people instead of wrapping up. And that's been a concern with Nebraska far before Frost was here. And that's sad that he hasn't quite fixed it yet. Same thing with the penalties. How how do you get a false start in an empty stadium?
1: Yeah, what the hell? I mean – do you maybe have more excuses to be sloppy because it's a weird year? Sure. But you also have less because, like you said, empty stadium, less variables, less weird stuff going on. Ideally, this should be the perfect environment in which you just focus on a football game. And I don't understand why. I just – it doesn't compute other than to say there are major errors being made by coaches. I don't – You know, I I take no pleasure in that. It bums me out. I want these guys to succeed as much as anybody. (sighs) But it just, there were so many things that feel like they should be falling into place that aren't yet. And we see it, and, and you know, I'll be the first to admit, I don't know anything about how to do this. But I see how people across the country do this. I see other college football teams rebuild. And you look like a guy, at a guy like P.J. Fleck in Minnesota. And I think it's impossible to say, you know, we're on that same trajectory. We're just not.
0: Minnesota, though, they did have a similar performance like we did against uh, Michigan on Saturday. So they kept it close for a while, but then the second half was all blowout. So, That's fair. I think yeah, Fleck's been better so far. But I see him being up and down coach. I don't see oh, yeah. him like bringing them consistently back, which is what we're trying to do. I don't think we're close to we're closer to being back than he is, obviously. But I'm I'm just saying that if Frost figures it out, I think it will be consistent, not not the up and down PJ Fleck thing. But yeah. I would like to see more improvement in year three because Indiana's coaches in year three, and he just beat Penn State. So,
1: here's here's the sad thing. I need one big win this year to forgive pretty much all ills. Like, uh, if if we beat Penn State, even after that incredibly fun Indiana loss that made Penn State look a little bit weaker. If we could beat Penn State, if we could wit- beat Iowa, okay, you know what? That's a big result. And even if it gets us to, you know, 500 or, or you know, honestly, would I take a – less than 500 team that beats Iowa over a 500 team that loses to Iowa. I don't know. Maybe I hate Iowa and we need a statement win in the conference to say like, Hey, we're here. We know you're going to hate us forever. We hate you too. But instead of like leaving it a messy, God awful divorce, we're just going to stick around until we can kick all your asses. Do I think that's likely No, but it's what I'd like to see. Yeah, and
0: every single one of those three big win teams you mentioned look a heck of a lot more winnable than this Ohio State team does. Like, this Ohio State team has won 13 straight games in conference in double digits. So I think they're going to do that to near every team on their schedule would surprise me the, the least. See Ohio State win by 35 again this weekend against Penn State. So That's why it's so hard to judge after this one week because Ohio State just head and shoulders above the rest of the conference. No question about it because the rest of the Big Ten not look anywhere near as impressive as Ohio State did.
1: But who the hell knows? It's I think we're in this mindset where we're able to draw narratives because we're drawing narratives about other conferences. But this was week one. We know nothing. If Penn State beats Ohio State this weekend, which is not out of the realm of possibility, because if an Indiana can beat a Penn State, then a Penn State can beat an Ohio State, right? Those are almost equal talent gaps. And so, like, if Penn State were to win, we know nothing, nothing about what this conference is anymore. So, like, you know, sure. Am I very, very – almost as certain as I can be that Ohio State's going to win if they keep playing the way that they did this weekend? Yeah, but I have nothing to say that they will.
0: we transition this early or get to the other positives? Other positives. Uh, The D-line was a lot better than last year. We had three sacks only two of which were counted. I'm counting, I'm counting the one whose knee was on the ground and they snapped the ball before they could review it and threw a touchdown pass. I'm counting that thing as a sack and you, you can't make me not do it. Ohio State only sacked us three times and we sacked them three times. That's pretty good. Also because them only sacking us three times with the talent they have on their D line. That shows me this O-line has improved. And that's going to be huge, especially in the West, where again Ohio State wore us down the second half. They've got like future first-round draft picks on their defensive line. Northwestern likely doesn't, so I think if this O-line can play like that against Ohio State. It can definitely, you know, play well against Northwestern and give our quarterback time to throw and maybe like allow only like one sack or not even a sack, you know, that's what really encouraged me was for times where we dominated the line of scrimmage against Ohio state granted the second half were almost no times like that, but dominate the line of scrimmage against teams that were a whole lot worse than Ohio state last year. That's what's given me a bit of hope.
1: Yeah. I think that's reasonable. Any other big positives you want to drop? Run defense wasn't terrible. Like, No, you're right about that. Pass you know defense sucks. That's not going to hold up to the rest of the West. We're going to get burned on that. No question.
0: Yeah, that was terrible, the pass defense.
1: Caprio Boodle
0: was supposed to do, like, our shutdown corner. He got burned every time deep. And losing Deontay Williams, who, again, he's, he's a hard-hitting safety. That's his whole thing. That's been his thing since he got here. He's going to do the force fumble in the second half. He'll give you stuff like that. He also puts himself in position to get ejected for targeting way more than any other type of player would. That's what's concerning about the secondary is that we rely on a guy like him to be there when the way he plays, he's not going to be there half the time. And our number one corner doesn't look like he's cut out to be a number one corner. And then everybody else didn't really have anything notable in the game. Like, either way, like it's hard to tell when you're, like, nowhere to be found when the receiver catches the ball whose fault that was.
1: Yeah, it's systemic, right? Like, and I think... I'm hopeful that it ends up not being that big a deal that he's ejected for the first half of the next game. I think it is. I'm worried. Welcome to Just in the Nick of Time. Everything is madness. It's part two of this Franken episode I'm going to try to stitch together. Oh, because we haven't even released the preview. No, I. Oh, God Almighty. Oh, wow. So that's going to be fun to slice and dice. (laughs) Uh, Do we just want to scrap what we had? I'll keep the Ohio State analysis. Here we are, without a football team to play a game this weekend. Uh, Justin, how about you just fill God and everybody in on the details? All right. So –
0: after their big win against the Illinois Fighting Illini on Friday, the star quarterback, Graham Mertz, tested positive for COVID-19. He is, of course, the quarterback for the Wisconsin Badgers, our slated opponent for this week. So that would mean he's out for 21 days. Then his backup, Chase Wolf, also gets COVID. And there are six other positives on the team and coaching staff, including head coach Paul Christ, who presumably was at practice this week. So this is likely not the end of the positive tests from everything I've read around Wisconsin. They are not in the red-red where the Big Ten would automatically force a cancellation. They are, according to sources close to Madison and close to the program, close to it. So the team made the decision to shut down this week's game. Again, it was they're not in the red-red based on conference policy, but it should actually into the nitty-gritty. Red red is almost impossible to get to. You would need like forty active positive cases on your team to get into red red. So but they're close to that. Some like,
1: forty positive tests. I mean, not cases. Like because so we don't we don't have a true count yet of what's really at Wisconsin. No, because.
0: There's still some unclear wording on whether people who tested positive once will get tested again throughout the week. Yeah. They do like daily tests, and one person would count as seven positive tests. You right. know what I'm saying? So, either way, things aren't good there. Like, when you're starting quarterback and your head coach has have it, you can probably assume that the Saturday's game is not safe to play, which I would agree with. Because, I like, we're still finding positives from Florida after their bye week. Like we saw in the NFL, the Titans had positives after their bye week. I think mm-hmm. taking a week off is the smart call here. As much as it sucks, as much as I'd love to play Wisconsin's fourth stringers, I can just say that Wisconsin's ducking us. You know, as long as you're joking about that, it's cool. I've seen far too many people take that route seriously. And yeah,
1: let's be, let's be frank. Wisconsin's not ducking us, and Wisconsin no. very much would have liked to have played this game. I think that's clear. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know what kind of communication has happened between the conference and Wisconsin, though, correct? No. All yeah, that's a know question that, mark. Yes.
0: Only is that in the red-orange, I kind of explain what red, red and red-orange mean, but for the Big Ten to force a cancellation of a game, it has to be one part is team positives, which is like the staff, the players. That's mm-hmm. over a certain threshold, which I think is either it's 5% at any given time or 7.5% for the week. And then that puts your team in the red. And then also, there's like the whole campus population. If the whole campus population is, I forgot the percentages, but... Red is pretty high. It's like 10 to 14 I think, percent, or something like Jesus.
1: that. Jesus. That's be very insane. wrong
0: about this. A smart person would have looked this up, but we're talking about it.
1: Hey, we're working on not a whole lot of time here. Let's, both ourselves and the audience, if you'd cut Justin and I some slack this evening, we'd appreciate it. Yes. A non time crunch person would have looked it up. It's like a really high number. It could be the same. It's
0: a really high number. So, Wisconsin, like the university, is getting hit pretty hard with this. One of the worst, not in just the Big Ten, but the whole country right now. Just Wisconsin and specifically that campus is not a place you want to be. Mm -hmm. So both of those things at once cross over this positive rate for a week. Then you're in red, red, and you can't play a game you are an orange-red where orange is just the team positive cases and red is the campus, then it's up to the team to decide what they want to do. And they can cancel a game with no consequence, as Wisconsin just did.
1: hmm Oh, boy. Oh, golly. So, we don't have a whole lot prepared, but I guess to just kind of stir this along, emotionally... Mentally, sports fan wise, where are you at, Justin?
0: I'm trying not to think about it really. I'm trying not to, like, I think about our next game being November 7th. That just really sucks. Right. We're not even out of October yet. So, from the sports fan standpoint, to me, you know, like, we had eight games scheduled. That's, you know, three fourths of a normal season right there. And now we just get one less than that. That's already diluting what's going to be a very diluted season anyways. Not to mention we would have had a real chance to win this game against Wisconsin, provided they played their fourth-string quarterback. But, you know, right. still this – yeah, even with Graham Mertz in, the gap would have been shrunken from years past, given we don't have the power run game that we've been carving us like a pumpkin with for quite some time. Right. But that that just sucks. I mean, I get it. Obviously, you know, as I said earlier, I think it's the right call. I'm not mad at Wisconsin right now for it. But if it does come out that
1: this was the result of, like, two parties thrown by some players, then maybe... Well, then I'm mad at Wisconsin's players, which, uh, let's be frank, I wasn't thrilled with them in the first place. I think regardless of how the outbreak started, unless we can say this happened in the facility because there wasn't accountability within the facility, then I can't be mad at Wisconsin's, like, football or collegiate apparatus because this was bound to happen to somebody. mm mm-hmm. um, I am upset with the conference. I would have liked to have seen... Um, more weeks padded into this schedule somehow. Um, Be that finishing a little later, our regular season, we're frankly having started sooner. I think now it's increasingly clear that pushing the season back has not changed the outlook other than it's given us less flexibility. Um, Yeah. If, If we're having games canceled after our first week, then we're certainly not keeping cleaner on COVID than any other, any other conference did. Um, so, yeah, that's frustrating. I guess, what does this mean for the team on the field going forward, then, for you, Justin?
0: Okay, on, on the field going forward, um, even with fourth-gen quarterback, Wisconsin was likely one of the tougher teams on our schedule anyways. So that was a real toss-up. And now now Wisconsin, their first game back, will likely, could potentially be, I wouldn't say likely, but could potentially be against Michigan. Keep in mind, they will have to start their fourth-string quarterback unless their starter gets healthy. Um, Their starter, who for the season had an ankle injury, unless he's healthy by Michigan, they're going to have to play their fourth-string quarterback. And Michigan is a pretty good team this year. I don't think they're Ohio State level. I think they're at least Penn State tier, and a team in that tier will beat Wisconsin without you know, a power, a consistent power run game and the fourth and quarterback, and at least one week, if not two weeks, of COVID-canceled games. So I think a Wisconsin loss there takes them out of the control of the division. And that's... This puts the division wide open because the only undefeated team then, the only undefeated team other than Wisconsin in this division right now is Purdue. Purdue is a winnable game for us. We agreed that at, agreed to that at the start of the year, unless they're somehow leaps and bounds above where they were last year. Purdue should be a winnable game. So I think that this could potentially lead to us being in the driver's seat of the division just after beating Northwestern, assuming we win that game. This, means every game is so much more important because Wisconsin, the team that's controlled this division pretty much every year since the realignment of the divisions in the Big Ten, they're not in the driver's seat anymore. They might even not play enough games to qualify for the conference championship game. You need to play six games to be eligible for the Big Ten championship game, unless the average games played of every team is less than six.
1: So, so here's what frustrates me. Wisconsin, someone at Wisconsin, it's hard to tell who, and we're not going to even try and parse that. Like, I won't have no. that discussion. But what this does mean is that someone at Wisconsin dropped the ball on, on somehow COVID-protecting players, on handling an outbreak, and yet they don't get awarded a loss. No. Now to me it would make a lot more sense if a team can't play to award another team the win.
0: I I and I would have
1: said this I would have said this if it happened to us I would have said this if it happened to everybody. Anybody. I'm just saying that it sure seems like if you're not responsible enough to get your guys on the field and the other team is I don't know.
0: One thing I will say about that, though, is the argument to that is that uh, this would cause a lot of coaches and teams to hide positives in order to avoid the loss, which, again, we don't have evidence of that happening. I don't think anybody would be shocked if that that happened across college football this year at all. So I I know it's kind of outrageous to, like, use a situation that has yet to be proven to have happened before precedent for setting a rule, but you really would not want that to happen in your conference, especially, you know, being the whole like wise safety owl, the Big Ten's kind of doing with like the strictest health protocols in the, in the nice. country.
1: Kevin Warren is a wise safety owl. That's how yes. he sees himself. He gets up every morning and he says, today will be a wise safety owl. Yes. Yeah. Which I guess is what you want during a pandemic. I mean, <laughs> but,
0: you know. I guess. What do I know? I'm, I'm not the guy who built in a schedule with no bye week. So, um.
1: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So I am willing to uh, kind of sink into some speculation because I've seen this level of speculation happen in the statewide media today. We got a perfect good stadium to host a home game in. Now, we can't play anyone else in conference because nobody else has a bye week, right? Everybody else is tied up. Not yet. We gotta wait for some tests to come back. That would be insane. That would be insane if, like, some other team later in our schedule... Like that would that would be bananas and I I don't know that the Big Ten would do it anyway. Um We'll we'll get we'll get there. Let's let's ramp up to this though. First what do you think it would be an advantage to Nebraska to play a game this weekend against a non conference opponent? I've seen UTEP get thrown around. I don't know why UTEP, but I've seen it. Um there are around
0: four teams I have seen get consistently mentioned in this regard. Number 19, Marshall, who is the undefeated leader of Conference USA, had their game against Florida International off this weekend. So if that we would want, be an
1: interesting game.
0: That would be interesting.
1: They are quite good this year, but they and have good Big Conference USA. Good for Marshall. Mm-hmm. Right? If they beat us, you've beaten a Big Ten team. And who knows? That could be enough to get you that fourth playoff spot. Because right. –
0: the Big Twelve has no impressive teams this year, unless you're an right. Oklahoma State believer, which I am not.
1: Yeah. Don't they have a loss? Probably.
0: <laughs> everyone else has two, so you can Fair enough. Um, UMass, they are an independent without a game scheduled this week. Interesting. And they are consistently terrible year in and year out. So we prefer them to Marshall. And South Florida, USF, Scott Frost's old rival at UCF.
1: That'd be fun. And you have got to imagine that South Floridians are ready to play a football game wherever they'll be taken. Mm-hmm. And
0: my pipe dream scenario, Florida has like 31 active COVID cases in the program right now, and they're still somehow scheduled to play Mizzou this Saturday. Oh, so Mizzou? Yeah. Give us what we want. SEC, you know Florida's not a safe team to have on the field right now. Let us have the Mizzou. Let's, let us borrow Mizzou for a week. Come on. That would be incredible. Yeah. My thoughts on the whole it happening. Number one, I could see where we would want to. I don't see this working out in our favor. Because, hey – this only works if you're concerned about the college football playoff, which, as you saw, our one chance against the playoff contender this year, we are not a team that is at that level be concerned about that yet. So I think the highest goal for us this year is winning the division, which I think is doable. I don't see us risking injuries against a team winning against would not
1: help us win our division. I don't see us doing it. You don't think we'd want to play this weekend? I I don't think so. I think the division is very winnable. And
0: playing a potentially good Marshall team, a potentially, you know, on and off again, Mizzou team, I think that's just risking injuries for a win that would not count towards conference victories. And that would not count towards division's uh, division standings. Especially playing on 72 hours notice of, and game prep and whatnot, I, I just don't see us having an advantage in a season that's so based around, you know, conference games that we scramble together a non-conference game that in the grand scheme of things is nothing more than an exhibition. I could see the argument that would give our guys experience, but, you know, I think football is too dangerous a game to, you know, have a game that means nothing in the middle of a season.
1: I see that. I'm curious if you're thinking broadly enough um, because this city needs football again. And after last weekend, you heard from people okay, yeah, this was a huge economic shot in the arm. Having seven or eight more of these is going to be huge. And I think Bill Moose is tuned into that conversation, right? I think he's ultimately who this boils down to. If Bill Moose decides he wants to play and goes to the Big Ten and they let him play, we'll play. Those, in my mind, those are the, the pieces that need to fall into place. Am I thinking of anything else? I mean, we'd need another team, but I think there are probably teams willing to play us.
0: Yes, I think
1: any one of those five
0: teams we've mentioned so far, if we pony up the dough, which for Husker football, we will. you know, We're not paying Cincinnati to come here anymore. That money's got to go somewhere. You know,
1: right?
0: I assume that's how that works, but whatever. And also, uh, this is a point I saw mentioned on Twitter uh, by uh, Steve Sipple that I think is worth mentioning. Let's say there is a team, let's say Ohio State, late in the season. Let's say they can't play the Michigan game, and they're missing a statement win for the playoff. I think the Big Ten would be in their best interest to have Ohio State schedule non-conference game that week bolster up their playoff resume i think that would go with much any other week it doesn't have to be the michigan week i think that i think if bill moose goes to league office with you know couldn't just help me through this one week it could help everybody in the conference if it comes to it and thereby you know help the whole conference as a whole isn't just me asking for a favor this is me saying hey We might have problems this year. I think we can fix
1: them. I
0: think that would help a
1: lot. I think that's reasonable. I think the only counterpoint to that that I would drop is that the conference actively dislikes us now. We're aware of that. And I think – I absolutely think the Big Ten is willing to screw us and then help somebody else later. Right? I see a world in which Kevin Warren just says, whatever, you know. Is that probably another straw that pushes us out of the Big Ten? Sure. But I don't see why they'd be unwilling to do that. Yeah. Again, like, he, we were the
0: ones who tried to play non-conference games earlier after the initial season shutdown, and he said we could not do that and still be a member of the Big Ten conference. So something would need to drastically change in that man's mind between then and now maybe it has since he's, you know, backtracked on the no football at all until the spring. And instead is going for the ambitious late fall extravaganza, where, you know, cases are actively worse right now than they were when we shut down the season in the first place. But whatever, we've got testing now, I guess. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think there's a slight chance he would allow it, but... I think grand scheme of things, letting Nebraska go rogue after you explicitly said you're not going rogue, even for a week, would be sort of a bad book on you. And right now, Nebraska looks really bad in this whole scenario. Right. Wisconsin looks bad because they let the test pass, but I don't think a lot of Husker fans are not helping us. There's there was this tweet by the Husker Sports Network. that's kind of been misconstrued as from. UNL itself, but that was a radio shows tweet, not an official university statement. That was? Yes, at Husker Sports is the IMG Learfield Husker Sports Network account, not good the to official know. Nebraska Athletic Department account. They were, yeah, um, because they had the dumbest tweet of the day. I mean, it's not a good look, still, it's not the worst possible look it could have been if it were coming from um, an official university account. Which I guess this might be since they have like some radio deal with the university, but this isn't like Bill moose typing it on a computer. This, this was a radio segment that turned into a sponsored poll. It should have never been. Context for listeners: the tweet is, Nebraska had six positive uh, cases with like six more pending. Would we shut down the game? Y- yes or no? Answer and retweet for a chance out of free runza that was just a sports radio segment that should not have been a sponsored poll. I think it's a fair question, but it, it, it did not deserve the sponsored poll treatment. Like, leave that on air. You know, don't tweet that out. Like, it's, it's not a fun debate to have with your friends that's like, a serious conversation. It's not, like, I looked at the history. The last runs of the poll was, which, which movie villain monster is the scariest?
1: Like, so... the jump. So let's, uh, let's unpack that, though. Mm-hmm. Say we had a podcast, and could seriously unpack that question, like, yes or no? Um,
0: again, I would say if it's just that, I'd say we're a go. But everything I've read seems like Wisconsin has a bunch more concern in the wings that we just don't know about yet. I... I don't think that positive cases are going to stay at six the entire week for that football team. I really don't. If it were just six the whole week, I'd say absolutely Nebraska would try to find a way to play. But if it got to the point where we were close to the red, which would have the big 10 step in and like not have the game played, that I'd say we knew we had some tests coming back that, probably would show COVID, you know, I I don't think we'd cancel this early, but I'd say, you know, when we get – I'd say we'd probably wait till game day even, and then once we get all those tests back and at that point we'd probably be in the red, then I'd say game would be off. Like, I just don't see how a team who's having the problems like this constant is right now with these Big Ten – strict guidelines, can play a football game. I'd say if it's just knowing what we know now with no possibility of future tests,
1: Nebraska would absolutely try to play this game. See, I would go even further. I think Nebraska is going to make the conference shut us down. Right. That's that's probably a good point, too, right? Like, I think Bill Moose would much rather say, like, we're going to do everything we can to play football. We understand if the conference has to shut us down. But I just think that, like, like it's the same reason I think Bill probably wants to play this weekend. You think about the people he's beholden to, and they either want to see normalcy, which is playing football, or just the Huskers playing football outright. And I think that, like, he has now painted himself against the Big Ten, Right, I think that's pretty fair. So I think it's if he decides he wants to play football this weekend against an on-conference team, he'll come out and say that, and then he'll he'll wait for the Big Ten to move.
0: Do you think it's concerning that he hasn't said that yet? I mean, they canceled that ten thirty this morning, and
1: I don't because tomorrow's only Thursday. And in my mind, you really only need to have this figured out by close of business Friday. Um. I think he probably spent all day saying, let's find a team. Let's agree on a price. Let's settle how it's going to happen. And I think tomorrow morning he'll go straight to the conference. And he may have gone to the conference already. Yes. And said, I'd like to see this. This exactly, this is what we need. If you're going to do it for Ohio State later, you need to do it for us now. And I just think – you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't make the Big Ten look good to say we can't play a team from another conference. Especially,
0: like, yeah, since every other conference is doing that, I, I think we're the only conference-only season so far. The ACC, Big 12, conference plus one.
1: Right. Yeah, and this would be the perfect way to allow a plus one. Mm -hmm. I don't see how it would piss off other teams in the conference. It doesn't affect our standings against them. And it it allows them to do the same thing if the same misfortune befalls them. I don't – listen, this is going to kind of get back to the same conversation we had around the season in the first place. But if the prerogative of this conference is that we shouldn't try hard to play football – And most of the schools agree with that. you got to ask yourself if this is the right conference for Nebraska. I don't know.
0: I think especially us being one of the two teams who pushed the hardest, us being one of the three no votes on the initial cancellation, and and the Wisconsin uh, president, you know, being ultimately responsible for the decision – Note know, it was joint with the AD to not play the game. You know, I think that shows, like, a little culture shift even further. It's like an SEC team, you know, out of a game, the other SEC team's fans were making fun of them on Twitter and stuff. Like, the national media is not going to do anything but, like, oh, that's the SEC. That's what they do there. Like, since Nebraska is the ones doing it, and we A are an easy target since we have not been hot in a hot minute, and B were, and B have you know had some rough looks recently, such as A you know, complaining that the conference gave us a rough deal on the schedule. Again, there I think there's an argument there, but I could see how somebody not as familiar with the program would say. You know, you want football, you get football. Shut up and take your lumps. You're supposed to be the coach of Nebraska. Nebraska doesn't complain like this. I saw him in the '90s. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, will this cause us to leave the Big Ten? I don't see us doing this for just one week. If if they if they say no, it's one week.
1: Here's my because thing: if they say no, but then say yes to someone else, that's that's where I was going next. Yes, then I think
0: could nudge some
1: that would definitely ruffle some feathers
0: like bill moose would not say i understand why the conference did it now no if they deny us a game but give it to
1: a team later god forbid ohio state oh man i mean that'll be the answer Mm -hmm. whoever their most likely playoff candidate is they'll give it to them And you know what? College football's ecosystem needs the Big Ten right now because, okay, so say say the Big Ten, for whatever reason, doesn't have a champion or their champion is a two-loss team. Let's let's drink the Husker Kool-Aid for a minute. Let's say we win the West. Let's say that since we've already played Ohio State, they're weirded out They don't know what to do. We've gotten a lot better. Maybe they look over us. Maybe they're thinking about the playoff. Somehow we magically win that game. I'm using us as an example to bring everyone a little smile before we move forward, not because I think this is actually possible. But you're not going to take us to the playoff, right? Never in a million years would you take this Husker team to the playoff. So who have you got? You've got Clemson, the SEC winner, Question mark? Because you, you're you not going to take the Pac-12 this year. You're not going to take the Big 12 this year. BYU slash Cincinnati? Question mark? You got to take one of those, which is something you don't want to do. And then you got to take a second SEC team, which is something you likely don't want to do. Like, They need Ohio State to fill one of those spots, desperately. Not to mention Ohio State, COVID and madness aside, is probably one of the best teams in the nation. But if Ohio State, like, COVID's out of its biggest games, I mean, who are its biggest games? Okay. Us, obviously. You know, they handled us fine.
0: I mean, there's Penn State this weekend, but – That's been dampened severely by the Indiana loss. It would not surprise me in the slightest to see Penn State drop a non-Ohio State game left on their schedule, even a non-Ohio State, non-Michigan game left on their schedule, given that they've lost to Indiana week one. But that means either A, the college football playoff has to look at Indiana as a big contender. Which they won't. Which they won't. Or or B. Michigan's their one shot this year for an
1: impressive win. Yeah, which is not enough. Like, I don't think so either. You would need to beat – like, if you beat Michigan and then Wisconsin for your conference. And, and you have to beat these teams. You can't struggle at all. You have to right. prove you're this much
0: better. And the rest of the conference is just the island of misfit toys. Like, and Michigan looks good. They've looked good a lot in the past and then just
1: fall apart at Ohio State. So yeah. Honestly, one of the best things for Ohio State would be to have their like Purdue game get coveted out by Purdue or or one of their weaker teams, a Maryland or Rutgers, whatever. Not have to play them and instead play a tougher team and have a statement win. That would be huge for them. Honestly, I, I could see them – I could see mutual interest
0: from both sides on, like, BYU-Ohio State game because those teams see right. a statement when to get in the playoffs. And BYU doesn't have a conference, just kind of making the schedule up as they go along.
1: Right. Yeah. What – okay. I hold a gun to your head and say what's the most likely outcome of this whole situation? how's this shake out?
0: I say Moose likely asks the Big Ten if he can schedule a game. I think the most likely opponent would be UTEP because just remember now, we are scheduled to play them in the distant future, like 2029. So if we just take the money we're paying them to come to us in that year and say, want to do it now instead, I think they'd say yes to that. Right. So so I think Wilmous is working out some deal like that, presents it to the commissioner. And I just don't see the commissioner going for it. I don't see him, like, letting his conference not be this one big happy family. Not, like, I think he's... I think they're rather proud of their protocols. I don't know if that's the right phrasing to use, but I think having a team break protocol play a team that's not under the Big Tens testing regimen and stuff like that. Like, UTEP, their program is not as strictly controlled COVID-wise. Like, as to what, what they can and cannot do as these Big Ten teams are. So I think he'll use that as a reason to say, you know what, we just can't play people from other conferences right now. It's not safe to do so. If it's not safe to play a team in the safest conference in the land, you're not going to play a team from another conference. And I think this weekend goes by without a Husker game.
1: I think you're right. I'm going to extend your scenario, though. Okay. I think it's inevitable that this is not the only Big Ten game canceled. I think it's likely to happen to other teams. I think it's – I'm going to give it 50-50 odds that those teams are allowed to play against other conferences. Like I just I don't think the same rules apply to Nebraska th- that that apply to Ohio State or vice versa, you know. And I just that's frustrating. I I'm in a I'm in a similar place than I was with this that I was with the whole season, and that is. There's no love lost between our program and this conference. And I can't see a world in which if Nebraska finds a window out, it doesn't find a way to take it.
0: Ooh. I don't know. I, I think especially like the Big Ten makes the playoffs this year and the Big 12 doesn't or something like that like i think the big 10 is still such i think it's still higher prestige even with all the screwing with stuff with us that they do like
1: was, i I, ag- I agree with you but we <laughs> haven't found a way to win in the big 10 yet right mm-hmm. and i think the big 12 would be an easier team to be uh, an easier conference to be coming up in right now but- Is that what the program wants? We've already suffered enough image-wise over the past 20 years.
0: We've we've got people still saying we joined the Big Ten because we were ducking Texas. If we go back, because we can't win in the Big Ten, if we go back, that's going to be an even bigger hit. And then, God forbid, if we struggle in the Big 12, I don't think it gets lower on the college football, you know, poking fun at tree than us in that scenario.
1: Like, That's we're, true. We're but below We're below... You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Fine, fine, fine. For five fine, years fine. and as us. We need silverware in this state again. We're not going to get it from the Big Ten. We're just not. If the system is in place to constantly set us up to fail, if we're not the kind of caliber team that can beat the best teams in the country we need to go to a place where we can beat the teams we're playing every weekend. If Nebraska is a six and six big 10 team for the rest of time, this program's not going to be what it was ever again. At a certain point, you're damned if you do. Sure. But you're even more damned if you don't. Scott Frost is billed as this great, reformer and returner, right? That, that we can, we can harken back to some great past. Bill Moose is supposed to be the man to enable him to do that on the systemic level. And if a system has said, we don't care about you, you know, we're going to take all the benefits from having you in the conference, but you're a volleyball school to us. No, that, that's just not going to stand. That's just not something that Nebraska can tolerate moving forward. And I think – I realize this is bold. I realize this is a hot take. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying this because I haven't thought about it. But it's like, what do you realistically see out of Nebraska in the Big Ten? Because I don't see Big Ten titles. I just don't. I mean, we could win the Big 12 in five years. Not to mention, if the Big 12 brings us back in, they're going to bring another team in with us. Right? And then set up a championship structure again, which I think they'd like to get back to. Well, they technically have one now with the 10 teams. They just take the two top records and
0: have a rematch in Jerry World.
1: Right. But I think they'd rather have two, honest to God, six team divisions. Like, the Big 12 would want us back. And. Is there not something enticing to Husker fans about being, okay, screw these erudite sons of so-and-sos in the upper Midwest. We're getting back to the Plains. We're getting back to where we belong. We get to play Oklahoma again. We get to play all of those Texas teams that we hated to play as kids. All of the teams we've had all of our great victories over in the past, minus Colorado, because – I just don't see how, like, that's not enticing to Husker fans. Also, Frost wasn't here when that decision was made. I want to say, was Ronnie here? I think Harvey Perlman moved us, right? Oh, yeah. It
0: was uh, Pearls of Wisdom himself and uh, Tom Osborne, BAD.
1: Right. Osborne, I don't think, is particularly tied to this. And also, let's be realistic, Osborne's influence is waning. I think Osborne and Green probably have a fine relationship. I think Osborne and Moose are often directly adversarial about where they see the program going and what they see the program as. And I think Frost just wants to win football games because he needs to win football games to get another contract. And if he can't do that in the Big Ten, I'm sure he's all ears about going back to the Big 12. I don't see how it hurts Nebraska's branding to go back to the Big 12 so long as we can succeed there. And we're not great right now, but we're good enough to beat Kansas, right? We're good enough to beat more teams in the Big 12 than we are in the Big 10. Realistically, or at least a higher percentage of our schedule. I don't know. I I see a
0: lot of toss-ups when I go through the rotunda. Yeah, but when I come here, I, I, I see a bunch of blowouts. Besides Ohio State and Michigan, I think Wisconsin, Wisconsin when they're healthy. Wisconsin when they're healthy, state if they figure their crap out. Sure. Those are, those are four games where I can say that us as a program right now we just can't compete, the talent cap is so huge. But the talent cap it's been huge forever. I, I oh, know Michigan. Okay. They're just starting to get there again under Harbaugh, but Michigan State we always have really tough fights against. Michigan State, uh, they Mark Antonio got fired, and a very under talked about scandal was like somehow not newsworthy at all, where the coach that takes Michigan State to the playoff is no longer the coach. I even forget the details; it was so long ago. But yeah, that happened, and. Now they they lost to Rutgers by double digits week one. Michigan State's not what they used
1: to be. Oh, that's it's fair. going to take them a while to get there again. So I see. I, here's the frustrating thing, though. I see teams on the come up in the Big Ten moving faster than we are. Oh, uh, Minnesota, Indiana, Northwestern. Some days, honest to God. Low key Rutgers. Low-key Rutgers, those are all teams that have been moving in a positive direction over the last few years. I don't necessarily see that with us. I mean, slightly better, but not leaps and bounds and nothing more than you can account for with our players have gotten older and better. But Adrian is still making dumb mistakes. The stuff we were promised was going to go away. I don't know. None of that's because the Big Ten's being mean to us. No, no. But all of it is exacerbated by the fact we're living in a system that doesn't like want us to win. That only
0: started this year before before the pandemic hit. But what I'm saying is it's not
1: fine. What I'm saying Um, is it's not positive motion. Okay. It's another thing on top of all of our current struggles oh, well, okay. it makes cool that makes me say, if we can alleviate this, why shouldn't we? Ah. And, and sure, nationally, it might look kind of podunk, right? But from, on the statewide level, there are a lot of people who don't understand why we left in the first place. On a statewide level, there are a lot of people, I imagine big donors that would like to see us go back. I mean, these are the kind of things we're going to have to talk about if we win two games this year. Because otherwise, heads are going to roll. And I'm not convinced which is better. (laughs) Because I think either ends up in a different nightmare. And I'm not necessarily forwarding this because I think, like, I necessarily wholeheartedly sign on to this idea, right? But I would say that there's probably a lot of people who would go as far or further. And I think that this is the kind of argument I imagine from from everything we hear and everything we see. I don't think Moose is scared of this idea. Ronnie might be. But I don't think Moose is. I'm just... Oof.
0: I think... if they mess with us later in the year,
1: which they could very well not... Then, sure, it's not a certainty, right? No, if things work out well from here, then okay, there's no,
0: there's no question we're staying. They don't let us play a game, let Ohio State play a game during a week where the original game was canceled. I could then see the ball rolling and you know, we start turning on you know, maybe this isn't where we should be. I think. That happening isn't likely, and I really can't see what else would have to happen that would be such an obvious light for us to leave the conference. I mean, those targeting calls were bad, but you could kind of see how they were made both times, and it's nothing you haven't seen called before by similarly incompetent officials.
1: Sure, which we're going to see in any conference, right? Yeah.
0: So unless that happens game in and game out, and it's impossible to deny that these refs are only calling it because it's our guys, which some people believe happened in our last year in the Big 12. And if you watch the Texas A&M footage from that year, there's some pretty good evidence that one team can do something that the other team cannot. Right. But I think... Unless that keeps happening, then I don't see what will get that ball rolling to the point where we make such a huge program-altering decision
1: based on one year. That's fair, but it's been probably the grisliest year between a conference and a team possibly ever, I'm going to say, where there's just so much contrary internal politics. And I think this conference very much wants to view itself as a team that everybody's on and everybody's working together. And and we are always going to contradict that. There's a certain individualism about Husker football that just doesn't jive with this. I don't think Husker fans want to go independent though. Oh, no, no, no. no! And so I just don't see. Right. And so I just don't see a whole lot of options. Yeah
0: thing is the Big Twelve. It's where we used to be, but it's not where we used to be. We don't have Colorado and Mizzou there anymore. Right. We have, we have a. We have to. We'll take a trip to West Virginia every year. That's going to take a while to get used to. Not that Rutgers
1: and Maryland are any more normal. But Rutgers and Maryland are arguably worse. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: think that West Virginia is a school that I feel like. This is going to sound fluffy, right? And that's okay. I find more kindred spirits as institutions in the Big 12. I see less, you know, we're trying to be an ivory tower. We're trying to be, like, the greatest academic institutions ever, which I think you're deluding yourself if you think that that's UNL. But what what those teams say to me are, this is a team, this is a university that really cares about the state that it's in, really cares about the people here. I feel like we've got more in common with K-State than Northwestern.
0: Certainly. I'm just saying that uh, we've already spent so much time trying to make new friends with these guys in this current conference. To go back to an old conference where we'll still have to make new friends I think that could be, you know, a bit of whiplash where, you know, ECU and West Virginia and whatever team they add along with us are all playing each other every year. It's feel almost like a whole new conference instead of going back to where we belong. I could see that happening, you know, and it not being the big welcome family reunion that we expect
1: to be early on because the Big 12, us, We've changed after the breakup. Oh, for sure. For sure. But how do you see a path forward with the Big Ten? How do you see that going better than the hiccups we'd have in the Big Twelve?
0: I just say more consistency. Um, the Big Ten, I don't see them ever expanding beyond this current structure unless we leave. I think the Big Ten is infinitely the more stable conference, has network actual television network that, you know, distributes money very consistently year in and year out. It delivers larger money than what most Big 12 schools get. Not that we couldn't find some network deals, but there's no guarantee that if we cheap for a six and six team that hasn't made a bowl in six years, it's going to be a lot harder to get networks to give us the big slots with the big money, it would be to convince the Big Ten network, give us our consistent share that we get being part of the Big Ten. I just see a lot more stability here than in the Big 12, that it's going to take a lot to knock us off that course of stability or where, where we are right now and where we really have been the past few years where this conference isn't perfect, there's still parts of it that don't feel right, This is a very safe and smooth road, whereas the Big Twelve is just one wrench away, having major consequences on this program. Where if we're in the Big Ten, you know we know what we're getting into year in and year out for the foreseeable future.
1: Right. It's like I said earlier. I think you're probably right. I just think that it's important to consider like what the alternative might be. Mm-hmm. And sure, I might be crazy. I might look crazy in a year for for raising this, but we don't know what's around the corner. And I think saying, "Hey, it's it's time to to start talking about this now," and just saying, "Hey, there are serious problems." Because, like I said, I don't. I just don't see it getting better within the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. I think we've solidified our status as like an outsider in our own home for a really long time, and that sucks. And I just. You know, I think we can do all the Monday morning quarterbacking in the world we want about Moose, about what happened there, but um, when the cookie crumbles, it's not looking sunny for us in uh, the conference run out of Chicago. No,
0: and and not to mention, uh, I don't want to steer unnecessary fear into anybody, but There's a chance this season could still have the same problems next season. And I highly our opinions and the conference's opinions are going to change very much. We could be fighting for the second year in a row about what to do with football season.
1: Particularly, so maybe we've got cases down to the point where, you know, it's it's safe for teams to play each other. And that's less of a problem. But what about fans in the stadium? Mm Mm-hmm. Especially what if other conferences are allowing fans back into the stadium and the Big Ten's not? That is enough right there alone for us to jump ship, I would say. There's no way we stay in a conference where other people are putting butts in seats for two years in a row and we're not. I just don't see it. Yeah, we have the sellout streak, which is – Arguably
0: just as proud of a thing the athletic department holds their national titles.
1: Oh, it's not quite there. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's it's particularly proud because, like, other teams that have those titles don't have that. But let's not get ourselves. Those titles matter more. How about, like, the 97 one? Like, like the split
0: one with Michigan? Do, do you think we'd rather... Should that be have the sellout Street end right now, and keep that title forever, or have that title mysteriously vanish and we against the true champion forever, but we keep have the that style title the next have
1: that title because it it puts us above the teams that have what have we won five, six, five? five, five we claim. If we go back and
0: do some funky math, we can add ourselves up to Alabama numbers claiming titles the
1: way they do, but you know right. But, like, you know, I think that that matters more. Mm-hmm. It's a national title. Sure, we split it. But, really, do you ever hear Michigan fans talking about that title? Yeah. Do you? You hang out with more Michigan fans than I do, I'm sure. <laughs> Desmond's still salty about it. Okay. What's that? Desmond They're Howard still, sal- still salty about it. So. I mean, Desmond Howard sucks. Like, Desmond Howard is my least favorite sports commentator, and it took him a lot to wrestle that away from Herb Street. And Phil Simms. Those three all tried really hard, but the rose goes to Desmond Howard on that front. Phil Simms. Phil Sims. No. One thing I do feel a kindred spirit with Phil Simms is, um, you ever hear the way he says the days of the week? Monday. Mm-mm-mm. Monday. Which is the same way I say it. M-O-N-D-E-E. Monday. Monday. Friday. Saturday. Well, you look at a kid like that, he, he plays on Saturday, and you think maybe he could play on Sunday. That's my best Phil Sims kids. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. So I think that closes out
0: our episode – uh, we, we had stuff we talked about before we did this segment. Uh, we, we, we talked about baseball, and baseball dodged a huge bullet by having the Dodgers win in six. Uh, ooh, you think they dodged a bullet? Justin Turner of the Dodgers tested positive the night of game six. Oh, that's right.
1: Imagine oh, I if they forgot had a about that seven. because
0: they won. Yeah. Imagine if they had a game seven with, like, six Dodgers out for COVID. Would they delay game seven,
1: or would they play it? This obviously depleted lineup. they delay it. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that's, that's less of a question than, like, who does that give the advantage to? Probably the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Because if the, if the Rays had won last night, like, that would have given them the momentum going into Game 7. But I think then that, if that had happened, like, as it sits, I'm not going to asterisk this title. Uh, it gets a little one because there were less games. I think likely the, they would have had to play a different team than the Rays. They would have won anyways. They would have won anyways is my thing. But I think if you if the Rays had won last night and then the game got delayed and then they won, I can't say for certain that they would have won anyways. God, it's going to take a lot as a Yankees fan to, to be so sure they would have beat your team anyways. Because, like, if this had been a longer season – if the playoffs had been less weird, I think the Yankees probably would have gone to the World Series. But it's it's a big big of you, which is rare for a Yankees fan, to um, to admit that. So, yeah, yeah. I,
0: I I think that it's certainly way more likely if this was a normal 162 that we would have our way with the Rays because we have more chemistry by being healthy at the same time, more than 10 games all year. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, if you can't score more than two runs in an elimination game, After previously scoring, like, 8 and 12 the same series, like, yeah, what are you doing?
1: Yep. Well, let's be real. If it was a full season, the Red Sox would have cared and actually tried to win instead of trading away Mookie and saying, what the fuck? So, uh, you know, it would have been a much more interesting AL East. Yes. (laughs) Well, um, yeah, I I don't know if there's anything else to say. Before we go, are you going to apologize to Clayton Kershaw? Oh, for sure. I'm real sorry. Like, this definitely doesn't, like, absolve him totally, though. If he had had to play a game seven and pitch in a game seven, that's when you say the Kersh curse is gone. But I think until then, until he has to do that, hopefully next year, like, he had one good playoff in the face of how many times has he kind of sucked? Uh,
0: five times.
1: Yeah, and also he wasn't that great going into the in the rest of the playoffs. The Dodgers just made up for him. So I think it's fair to say that Kershaw pitched two good games in the playoffs this year. And that, that was it. He's got That's the like, ring. Sure, he's got the ring. And I'm not going to – like I said, I'm not going to belittle him any further. But I think if he really wants to be cons- – like not that have that be a black mark on his record, he needs to do this again. And with a little more panache next time, probably. More panache. Yeah, I listen man. I'm 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 here in sports for one thing. And that's panache. <laughs> you see a guy you see a kid with that kind of panache on a on a Saturday, you think maybe he can play on Sundays.
0: Before we go, I will let the people know I will be eating this corn cheese soup out of spite because we will not be playing Wisconsin this year, so I'll be eating it on a Thursday. Instead of the game day.
1: Why were you? Oh, you were going to eat it on on the game day. That sounds terrible. He's just lifted the most revolting can of soup at me. What is it? Chunky corn cheese chowder? Chunky chicken corn cheese cheese chowder. Jesus Christ, that's horrifying. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I had tomato soup tonight with tortellini, and it was awesome. So your life is sad, pal. That's all I got to say. Life is sad. Man, that's the theme of this goddamn podcast these days. Arguably the world.
0: These wonderful a football game so we can be happy again.
1: Are there games you're looking forward to? Like I think Penn State, Ohio State's gonna be fun, particularly if Penn State puts up some fight.
0: Indiana Rutgers for a share first place in the Big Ten East.
1: Oh, I love that. Oh my god, yeah. You're right. Nine Windiana, baby. Nine Windiana is real. All right. Anything else we got to cover? Nope. All right. Good talking to you, buddy. See you later. Talking to you as well.
0: See ya.